about the stupid NFL international marketing bullshit. And I definitely have to talk about Joe Manchin for a minute because this is fucking stupid. I'm, I'm almost ready to say worse than Trump. Like, well, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying he's worse than Trump, but the things that he's doing are as bad as anything Trump was trying to do. Well, let me ask you this, and, and I don't mean – I don't think anyone – at least, I, like my my intent of asking this question is not to say that Joe Biden is a worse person than Donald Trump. I I don't believe that. I I think for everything that Donald Trump is, I don't think he's a good human being. That being said, are we better off now than a year ago? And I, the answer to that is, mm. I I think I, I think we're better off in that. The, I don't have the daily stress every day of what fucking stupid thing is he going to say or do today that can seriously impact, seriously negatively impact my life. I feel like Biden's disappointment is I'm disappointed in Biden because he hasn't gotten anything done. I was fearful and angry when Trump was president on a consistent and stressed stress in a way about this stuff in on a daily basis in a way that I never have been before. I under, I get that. And, and I, I get that. So, so I'd that, say though, just in an answer to that, that specific question, yeah. clearly, yes, we are better off than we were under Trump. But that stress was at least for me, like, cause I, I get that. I don't disagree with that. When I stopped watching the news, it wasn't as stressful. It wasn't as, it wasn't as what am I, what world am I living in? Well, so, so I me, guess like, if you you think talking, about, do, you, do you actually watch, are you talking about watching the news on TV? Like, where do you get your news? Where do you get that sort of national political news from? That, well, that, that's what I would, I would watch the news. I would watch the news and, and flip through CNN. I flipped, I don't, I didn't get MSNBC, but I would flip through MSN, uh, I mean, uh, CNN and Fox. See, that's that's the problem right there is that you are getting you are eating arsenic and strychnine. Basically, when you're watching, if you're watching nothing but CNN and Fox, you are taking the the worst of it from both sides. Yeah, I can imagine how that would be. Um, so like, I just stopped watching that. And yeah, yeah. like now I look at it and the world a year ago was everything like I get everything that you were saying is is. What I like, you just felt like you were living in a cartoon and, and it wasn't <laughs> being right. The world, like here we are, the United States, a planet leader, and we're, we're in a cartoon, right? And, and, a very, like by, a, and a very like realistically dangerous one. Like that's, yeah, yeah. and that's, and that's the part that I think like Daryl and I, I think see that more because of our health, health situations like that, that is so like the, the improvement in my you know, quality of life and stress levels around my health care so vastly improved with the Affordable Care Act. Like it's it is I was paying my last year before before all that, I was paying thirteen hundred dollars a month for coverage that was half as good as the coverage I get now for two hundred and eighty dollars a month. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that's where and, you know, I think. You're lucky enough where both you and Jill have employer provided health insurance, yeah. but that's not the, it's the case for a lot fewer people now than it was, uh, you know, half a generation or a generation ago. So I think that just that by itself, just the stress from that one issue, like that's enough. 
Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I just look at it now and gas is through the roof. Groceries are through the roof. I can't even buy, I was going to like, you know, you get 10 pound, 10 bucks a pound for a thing of brisket, you know, and, and like all these things. And I'm like, man, is the state of the economy is, are we better off now than a year ago? I like, I get what you're saying, but I just think like those, the stress of what's he going to say? Am I living in a cartoon? Are we being led by a toddler? Which are all fair things to say. The meaningful stuff of life that, you know, I don't know. Well, but see, and that's where, and that's where they've both, both sides have done a really good job of distracting us from what's really important to our lives, right? Like the, the things that matter are the things that are, that mansions torpedoing right now. Yeah. All these little, these things that would help people like us. And I mean, there, you can't blame Biden's administration. You can never blame the administration for economic circumstances, for expansion and recession and that sort of thing. Those things come in cycles and they're going to come basically more or less regardless of who's president. The, what I think we're seeing now, though, is a combination of the foolishness of the um, Obama bailouts to the Goldman Sachs and all that like that. That's that I think is the first domino for all of this. And then, you know, the a a lot of, you know, we put out a lot of money for COVID relief. And now the COVID situation is just as bad as it was a year ago. But now all the relief programs have stopped. I have to start making student loan payments again. Yeah. I mean, that's like, there's another thing, Biden. Come on, man. You you campaign. But it's on. not Biden. It's Mansion. It's Joe fucking Mansion, and that's the problem. They already they already cut this package in half. Cut out half of the useful stuff, and now he still won't vote for it. I like I said in the in the text thread. I don't know how he is not at the bottom of the fucking Potomac River by now. No, I get that, and and it, it it's easy to always blame the one on top because that's the role of the president. I mean, it's his party. He's got to get he's got to get his party on board. And just the same way we blamed Trump for all of his failures of being a public service guy for 4 years. This was my thing at the beginning. Joe Biden, you've been here for 60 years and and why do we expect <laughs> things to be different? And here we are, right? You can't get anybody to listen to him. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious too. How long has Manchin even been a senator? I don't think he's even been there very long. I don't know. Where's Daryl? I don't know. Text him. Uh, no, he's he is, he's only coach. he's been a senator for ten years. He was the governor of long enough. He was governor of West Virginia from 2005 to 2010. But all this, you know, like for months now, they've been trying to satisfy Joe fucking Manchin. Can't somebody just pay him off? Just can we give him five hundred million dollars to just stop? I really think a lot of our political gridlock and a lot of this nonsense. I mean, it's it's as simple as term limits, and it's yeah. There, there's yeah. it's and, and there's a simple explanation as to why we don't have them, and it's because these idiots in power want to keep their power. Well, and, right, and, well, that's the, that's the problem, right? You why do, would they? The, the only people who can take term limits away are the people who don't want term because we are benefiting from the lack of term limits. It's, exactly, and that's I think once I realized that I don't know I don't know when I first realized that maybe 
probably about the same age you are now, mid thirties. I think that was sort of the beginning of my, uh, what you could, I guess, call my excessive cynicism period. Yeah. Um, but there's just, there's no, there's kind of no going back from that. Right. Because yeah. there's no motivation for any of them to behave any differently. And it's the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing with the, you know, and this is where you and I are more aligned than Daryl and I about the our quote two party system, which is pretty much a one party mush system. And I, I think if anything, all this mess will hopefully be enough to help some of these people see the light mm. and realize that that. that you know, we either have to hand the Democratic Party over to the Bernie Sanders, Ocasio-Cortez side of it or give up and move to Mexico. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I do believe anyone who's going to get into public service, any politician, I, I do believe they're all well-intentioned. I don't think you like start running and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get filthy rich and filthy powerful on this. I think you all. I think they all intend to change the world for better, but maybe, maybe not all. But, maybe, like, yeah, you, but let's let's say we'd like to think most. At I'd, least. I'd like to yeah, think yeah. that yeah. that they at least start that way. But I don't care how well intended you are after a few years, and then your first, you know, um, uh, whatever the the your second campaign going around trying to get your reelection campaign, and then you realize that you even as the politician you don't have as much power as the people who are fill in your pockets. Right. Right. And then it comes into, and then, I mean, it's, that's the tough spot that I think the politicians get put in is, well, do you want to rerun? Do you want to, because I'm going to fund it, but then you got to, you're now you work for me. kind of. Right. Right. And, 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 if, and if you say no, then there's 400 people lined up right behind exactly. you. Exactly. Yep. You know, and, and uh, that's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Well, and then it's funny, like we, we start to see, we started to see the more socialist countries in, in Europe pass us in education and economic health and all these important, you know, life expectancy and all these things kind of into in the nineties, right? Like this was all, it's all seemed to cross like, you know, between 1980 and 2000 and, you know, now we stop and, and turn around and there's a, I don't know if you saw this thing going around Facebook, but there's a, with a picture of the train station in Moscow and a picture of one of the New York subway, subway stations, or it might've even been grand central. Yeah. And it said, who do you think won the cold war? And it's yeah. just, you know, the Moscow one is gleaming and bright and, you know, I'm sure the trains all run on time. And I just, uh, yeah. And you know, it's, it's all anyone who listens knows that uh, it's all why I'm leaving. Uh, we better get this going because I got yeah, I got I another know. show at seven thirty. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and call him. I don't know. Maybe it did start snowing. I need to make it. Did you listen to the kids' show? No. We're getting the boys ready for uh, their basketball. But yeah, he told me he was going in. Hello. Yo. Hi. Hey, are you joining us? Uh, huh. Did you uh, did you not go into the station? I went in and I just gave up. 
I sent you some text. They just they made some changes. I couldn't figure out anything. Oh, we didn't. Um, we didn't get. We didn't, I get, didn't get any text. We didn't get any text. No. Um, no way. Yeah. Well, um, well, if you want to come so on, we could just do. Have you already started. Well, we've been talking, but we can. You know, it's just the podcast. It can be an hour and a half long. It's fine. Just come on. I'm just doing a quick shopping. I won't be home for 20 minutes. If you want to start, go ahead, and I'll just. Um, Join in. All right. Yeah, well, I gotta get. I gotta be off at seven twenty because um I gotta yeah, we gotta so do that other show. I um, you know, it's not. It's it's gonna be uh, uh, automation on the air. So they're just gonna play last week's show, right? Yeah, or whatever's on. I don't know. Okay. Um, and because uh, it's just like they've made some changes, I couldn't figure it out at all. Not okay. Even, not even close. Yeah, it's weird. We didn't we didn't get your text. I don't know why, but uh. That's weird. Um. All right. Yeah, all right. All right, man. Uh, Just jump on. I'll Jed. join you in 20 minutes. Okay, sounds good. Bye. All righty, mystery yeah, solved. All right, welcome to the Sports Plus Show. <laughs> Hang Baker, on. Big D, and Joe. Well, almost. Uh, yeah. Daryl is shopping and uh, had some technical problems at the station today, so we are podcast only, which I, I guess, I don't, I don't know how our listenership is split. I think we have about five podcasts and seven on on air so we are disappointing the bulk of our audience this week but <laughs> well thank you to the five of you who consistently listen to the podcast I, I think we disappoint the bulk of our audience every week but <laughs> so i guess we've covered the joe mansion thing Any, anything else to say about our disgraceful congress you can speak more on it i mean i, I agree with you it, it's it's frustrating i always what i shouldn't say always i'm 37 so i've really only been paying attention to politics for a very small portion of my life um but i always feel like it, it's frustrating as a citizen when when the, the, the i know it's politics right but it, they get in the way of themselves and it's just you know whether you elect whether you the person you voted for got in or not you want them to be able to do what they ran to do you want them to be able to fulfill their promises you want i mean you want them to succeed if they don't our country fails you know and i know that sounds like a utopian oh yay let's go get them right i mean but it's just it, it's it's demoralizing it's frustrating and and i kind of feel that way with other you know with all the TikTok stuff going on recently and so that's just kind of my mood if you want to take more of the mansion stuff go for it well, I just I think with what you're saying that you know the where you know a lot of them do go in with the intention of you know fulfilling their promises. I think you can be a lot more encouraged if you look at the way things work on a local level or a county level, school mm -hmm. board level with politics, and that's where you actually can get involved and do things without being subject to you know national lobbying pressure. So I think. If you are looking for inspiration, you can look for it there and maybe even, you know, become a part of it. I've got a lot of friends who have, you know, anywhere from school board and county commissioner jobs to, you know, my friend Josh is the lieutenant governor of Hawaii. You know, I've got a friend who's a, a Hennepin County commissioner, which is like uh, Twin Cities. So, you know, like you can you don't have to be one of those people, one of these privileged people to get to one of those positions it's very difficult and you can only go so far. I think if you want to be in Congress or be a governor or be a president, then you do have to sell yourself out in a very major way. And I think we, I mean, we're long past the point where we can bring it back. So I agree. 
Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. Your life is over, but yeah. we're, all, we're all the same boat. Yeah. Do you want to stay off of sports for a minute? Can I get on this TikTok stuff? So yes, absolutely. So yeah. Do are, your, are you familiar with what was happening and going on? yesterday on friday yeah so from what i understand it was just sort of like a generalized threat there wasn't any specific it was just that there's going to be school violence and i have my thoughts on the medium but but go ahead yeah so basically i mean look i don't i'm not on tiktok my kids are young enough where actually i think tyler just asked us maybe a week ago, what is TikTok? And we just said it's something for adults. Um, But why he's in first grade and having to hear that, I don't know. So apparently we got an email, both my wife and I, she teaches in another district. We pretty much got the same cookie cutter, copy and paste email from our superintendents saying that they are aware of a national trending post on TikTok that talks about school violence and bomb threats for Friday, December 17th. Nothing specific to our district. It did not originate in our district. They don't know where it originated from. And this was nationwide. This was was nationwide. They are aware of it. There will be an increased police presence. and, And that was it as far as the information coming to us. And then, you know, a lot of, I think I had about 20% of my, my students were out at my school. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. I think Jill had about 30% out at her school and I get it. Did Um, you, did you send the boys, did the boys go to school? Yeah. I mean, here, this was my thought process of this is a silly, stupid, this is podcast only, right? Yes. Asshole of a kid who if you are, and, and I'm actually my school's safety trainer. So I'm, I'm the oh, one okay. who goes through. We, oh, we do use you have Alex. to do the drills? You have to plan the yeah. drills? Holy I got to plan crap. all the drills, the lockdown, wow. the evacuation, all that stuff. So <sighs> I've gone through the training. I get kind of the numbers. And if you're going, if you are sick in the head and looking to harm an elementary school, a school you don't necessarily belong to. These aren't kids who are bullying you. You're planning this out for a while and you're not putting it on TikTok and giving a warning. Sounds like you've thought about this, Matt. No, no, no. I, I, I this is I'm, what, I mean, this is oh, what, right. No, it's what, right? Yeah, no, it's right. No, you have to think about it. Right. Um, and so I wasn't, overly concerned as far as something happening yesterday on Friday, especially at the elementary school levels. If I had kids who were in high school or middle school, maybe I would be a little bit more apprehensive because those would be the individuals who were like, you know what? I was bullied yesterday. And this stupid post just put a thought in my head. Oh, gotcha. Right. You Where that I'm actually saying, like, could have inspired ah, something. Oh, I some kid that something. didn't plan on doing it. Yeah. Okay, right. And gotcha. so that could kind of give me a little push. Everything that I've read, nothing said that this post was a legitimate. Every, every law enforcement agency said it was not credible. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So here's the bigger issue is parenting. 
parenting, Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not easy. And, and I'm getting worked up because like, it, this is the world I'm bringing my kids in. Parenting isn't easy, but I, I shared a, in, I shared this meme and I'm like, this is gold, right? It's like, all right, parents, you fear a TikTok post enough to keep your kids home. I get it. Do you fear it enough to take it off your kid's phone though? Well, and so here's, here's where I think the TikTok part of it doesn't matter. Right. Because mm -hmm. if it wasn't TikTok, it would have been exactly. on Tumblr or Facebook yeah. or Twitter. So the, 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 I think saying that you could delete TikTok wouldn't have stopped the phenomenon. It wouldn't have stopped the, the stupidity of the, of the threat or the hoax. 1000%. But it's the parenting aspect of it. Right. It's the, it's the, be present as a parent. I don't care how old your kid is. So that, that's my question, though, is like where it, this wasn't one kid who's went on, who made one post on TikTok and said, I'm going to shoot up every school in the country. This was a, this was a multiple like for this to become a, a thing to where it's reported on the national news and is shutting down schools in like 11 states mm -hmm. had to have spread beyond one idiot. Kid. Yeah. And. I mean, I, I think, I don't understand how it works. I'm not on TikTok, but it's like slap your teacher challenge. Like that was something, excuse me, that was happening at the beginning of the school year where I, I think how it works is it's just like the Tide Pod challenge, you know, like one idiot starts it and then like anything, it just goes viral and it, and then once it gets viral, it's uncontrollable. So again, let's take the conversation away from the technology because I think the problem is there's there's two there's two things that these digital interactions give us right one is this sort of instant kardashian type meaningless fame famous for being famous and the other thing is the dopamine that you get from your phone and that's where i mean i'm already ruined i realized it this morning when i woke up at 4 15 this morning and it's kind of slept like crap all night but the first thing i did when i picked up my phone when I woke up, as I picked up my phone, I started going through Twitter and started reading the comments on the articles that I wrote, you know, just like trying to fill my head with all that stuff. Right. And I realized I'm doing it from the instant I wake up in the morning and like without even letting my feet hit the floor. And, yeah. you know, I'm 50 years old. These kids or, you know, these teenagers or whoever it was that generated this and are yeah. doing the slap your teacher challenge are you know, uh, their whole lives are going to be lived in that realm. But the other thing, you know, there, there's a lot happening on TikTok that isn't the slap your teacher challenge. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that, like, for, I think most of it is people doing silly dances from what I understand. I'm not on, I'm yeah. not, I'm way too old for TikTok. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with letting that one just sort of pass me by. I sort of felt the same way about Snapchat. And I think, TikTok is kind of a combination of Vine and Snapchat. It seems to have the the like distribution web of Snapchat, but it's the content is Vine. It's short videos. So it has to be something either visually arresting or outrageous or you know morally outrageous to get attention. So again, it's not going to matter what 
tech, what the app is called because as soon as they get rid of TikTok, there's going to be another one to, to, to take over for it. So, and it, no, the, I, kids, I agree. Don't need, kids, kids don't need apps to be shitty to each other either. No, I agree. I, it, it, you could insert social media platform here as far as where something could have come from. You could create a new app. I 1000% agree with that. And the only thing I can come down to is, is it just, it boils down to parenting and raising your children. And, and if you, if you are fearful of, of what can be out there, don't be exposing your kid to it. You as a parent don't need to be on your phone when your kids come home from school. You as a parent sure, can yeah. be engaged. You know, this this idea of having a family dinner every night is is crazy. We I have dinner with my kids every every night. And I I'm hoping, I know it's not going to last forever, and I know everybody's lives are busy and and I'm not in no way shape or form in in zero way am i perfect and my kids perfect but believe me but it's not easy and and i just feel like oftentimes i see as a teacher i see it as as uh, a parent you see it when you know your kids go to other people's houses or you you go out and and you take your kids in public and you just i'm at the store the other day i'm by myself and i'm walking around this sports memorabilia store looking for stuff to get my kids for Christmas. And there's a dad in there with two young girls. Now I'm talking, it was like five 36 o'clock and he's screaming at them and they're hungry. They want to get food. Of course they're looking at everything. Oh, what's this daddy? What's this daddy? What's this daddy? And he's like, he's losing his mind. And I'm embarrassed for this guy. I feel bad for the girls who are being dragged around. They're probably five, six years old. They were my the same age as my kids. They're being dragged around around dinner time. They're, I'm hungry, daddy. Shut up. I'm trying to yeah. shop. I'm doing it. And it's, I'm, it's, it's just. Well, and, and I'm sure. So, you know, again, before we condemn some random stranger, I'm sure you have had plenty of meltdown moments in public with I mean. your kids yes. where if someone had walked in in the wrong moment, you hear this all the time, you know, with people intervene with in a, in an interaction. Somebody says, well, you, you don't, you didn't see what happened for the 45 mm-hmm. minutes before that. But, you know, I I agree having kids is difficult. It's why I don't have any fucking kids. And I, I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer that you that you have to give. And if it's a wink-wink answer, you can give me a wink-wink, and I won't, I won't include that anywhere. But Yeah, my wink doesn't make a noise on the podcast, so we'll be all right. <laughs> we could add that in later if we need to. But uh, have you ever... Let's split this too, because there's a have you ever poor portion and then a would you have changed your outcome portion? Have you ever regretted having kids and starting the family? And ha- would you do things differently? Would you just go go into the future, you and Jill? That's a fair. I mean, on that, so it's a fair question. I do think my life change so drastically having kids i always knew i wanted to have kids my life has so much more meaning having kids knowing that every decision that i make impacts my family like i i don't make a single decision without thinking how is this going to impact my wife and children i don't think i would 
have done it any differently. I'm just disappointed that this is the world I'm bringing them up in. I love my kids. I would not, and, and I'm not winking. It's a, it, but it's a, but it is a legit fair question to ask because, you know, I, had I grown up, like had I been in high school with Facebook and Twitter and, and TikTok and all this stuff, I don't know if I would have wanted kids, but- Oh, interesting. Right. I, so I think that's the difference. I, me, in pre, I've always wanted kids. Kids is what I wanted my life to be. I wanted to be a father. I want to be a dad. I hope I have an opportunity to be a grandfather. Was there a reason why, like, why did you want to be a dad? I dated a girl who honestly said to me, I want to have a kid because I want to know what it's like to be a mother. And I said, that's a, that is the dumbest reason I've ever heard to have a kid. Like, it, so like, why, why did you, why did you have this burning desire to, to have kids? I don't know. I don't know. I think I just appreciated what I had in my parents and just felt like I want to be this for for someone else. Like I, my kids didn't exist yet, and, right? And I, honestly, that is the best fucking reason to want to have kids. That is the maybe the only good one. And so I, you know, I, I, I just think I, I always wanted it. And so I, I would not go back and do it again. I, I wow. Okay. Wow. I, I honestly, I, I appreciate your honest answer. I didn't, didn't expect to hear that. Even if it was, even if, even with the winks, but, but again, the truth is I, I'm disappointed that I'm doing it under some of these circumstances and in this climate. And, and I wish there's never been a, a parenting playbook on how to, to navigate through anything, how to, how to train your kid and, and potty training. Well, you ask 10 different pediatricians and 10 different parents that you get, a hundred different answers. Right, right, right. Yeah, There's yeah. no one way to parent. Um, but how to navigate kids throughout. I mean, I never experienced being bullied on social media after school. I, so I don't know how to raise my kids through that. Although at least you, you are, you're sort of fortunate that you and Jill are in, I mean, you are, your profession is to educate kids that are at the age that your kids are. So yeah. that hopefully they're benefiting from so that. We, I mean, we have a leg up in that aspect. I, I, I do feel we're fortunate for that, but I, I do wonder, I mean, had Facebook and TikTok and, and, you know, all the other apps, I, I was talking to some colleagues yesterday at lunch who were younger than me. And they were saying that when they were in high school, there were these anonymous apps where you could post on people's profile anonymously and comment yeah, on yeah, their yeah, things. I this I, thing, and I forget yeah. what they what they were. I'd never even heard of this stuff. And she was just like, that was the worst part of high school was, you know, going through high school, you you know, you feel odd, you're an outcast a little bit. Somebody laughs when you make a comment, you you're self-conscious anyway. And then you go home and you go on this profile and you see horrible things written about you anonymously that nobody has the guts to say to your face. She said, that was awful. I don't know how to get through that as a pair. I, you know, that frightens me. That scares me, but that's what I signed up for. That's what I'm going to do my best to get my kids through. Had I had that experience in high school, I don't know if that would have changed my outlook on adulthood. 
Oh, interesting. Right. So you were you were sort of too young for that, right? Like when you came through elementary school and and junior high school was there. Like what year did you graduate junior high school? I don't, the only thing we had, uh, we had America Online and we had AIM. So there wasn't even Twitter, Facebook, no, no, that, MySpace, that stuff, that, none that of that. was even after college. That stuff didn't, I graduated college in 2008. And wow, we had and Facebook. Well, and that's, okay, you're right, because Facebook's been around, I think, since 2006. MySpace, like 2001, something like I that. I never had MySpace. I had MySpace in the beginning, and then it seemed like it very quickly people moved over to Facebook and that's been, I mean, that's been the giant, but it, a lot, I know a lot of kids don't use it. My niece and nephew who are in you know high school age, they both have accounts, but they, they hardly, they never post. And I don't think they hardly ever interact. And they've, you know, I'm sure they moved on to Snapchat and TikTok. And You know, I, I just think to, no, sorry, not to cut you off. Just, I think to sum all this up, look, if, if parents, be a part of if you, I think if your kids have these accounts, there are good, they, they, they could be entertaining. I get that. Just be aware of what they post. Just be aware of what they share. Be a part of their profile. Just like you sort of police their in-person friend group, right? You don't That's let your it, kid you know? be friends with just any, any kid they meet. And, and I think a lot of times parents, and, and I can find myself sometimes getting caught in this too. Again, it, it's, it's not easy, but you try not, to, I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want them to be mad at me. I mean, they need to trust me. And it's like, you know, you're, you're, they're your kids. You love them unconditionally. You be a part of their lives, be present in what they're doing, share their experiences, make them your own too. And if you start at a young age and, and you are involved in their life, then when they get the hope, this is my kind of hope, I guess, is like when my kids are old enough to get this stuff, I'm going to be like, yup, but you know what? I'm checking it every day with you. And if you post something that I don't approve of, you know, like if you're going to be part of this degenerate, negative <laughs> cesspool of all this and, and spewing garbage, then it's gone. And if you hate me for it, I don't care. Like that's the thing. I, it just parent, be a part of it. Involve yourself, experience it with your kids as opposed to letting them go. Hey, let them play with it at the end of the night take their phone so it's not in their room and check and look, what are you posting? What are you liking? What are you sharing? Be a part of the experience with them and, and, and let's do better, I guess. Well, and you know? there, there are ways to use the, and the, you know, again, there's things, TikTok and Twitter and all of it, they're just tools and there are ways to yeah. use them for good. And if you look at mm -hmm. um, David Hogg was one of the kids who was one of the school shootings in Florida from a few yeah. years back. He was, I think 14 at the time and has become a tremendous activist, you know, for, you know, the protection of school kids from gun violence and, you know, he started out as a 15 year old kid on Twitter and now, you know, he has built some pretty amazing movements just through that. So there are ways to use it for good. There are ways to use it gently. I've been, I spent, I'm not exaggerating two years tweeting profanities to Donald Trump. <laughs> and, and, you know, that was my outlet, but you know, I use it mostly to promote my you know, the work I do which is mm -hmm. sort of part of being any kind of creative, like media journalism job you have. That's part of it. Twitter is such a key part of it. Just the distribution of, of work and trying to spread yourself. Twitter is where it's done, but Twitter is also, like you said, a 
cesspool of abuse and hate and just like the things that I get when I suggest a trade for the Blazers or that they get rid of Chauncey Billups. And then we talked to Julie DeCaro, who, you know, again, you're fortunate that your kids are boys. So there's a whole, all the, you know, the things that she had to deal with Mm -hmm. that you and I and your, and Tyler and Jake will never have to, you know, so there is that it, and it's, so it just proves to you too, that it doesn't stop when everyone graduates from high school, that it continues into adulthood and possibly gets worse. I mean, like I said, the things that people have called me because I, want to fire Chauncey Billups and hire Becky Hammond. It's, 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 again, it doesn't give me any faith for the future of the world. And it's why I'm uh, ready to get off. That's why I can understand why um, Elon Musk wants to go to Mars or wherever he's gone. Yeah. Uh, are we good? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get, maybe do some sports today. Take your pick. I've got Kyrie Irving in the nets. He's coming back part-time. I got urban Meyer and, I think it's not so much about Urban Meyer. It's about how we treat college coaches. And then we got COVID making its way through all these leagues in the NFL and everything. Yeah, well, let's. I want to hit the NFL international marketing nonsense first, but then let's go to Urban Meyer because we've 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 hammered him. We need to hammer him some more. Uh, so the NFL came out with this um, international marketing strategy. I guess is the best way to to describe it. They've basically assigned territories countries around the world they've assigned certain teams to so like can i don't have the map up right now but canada has um a couple of teams the uk got a half a dozen brazil got one so they basically said okay if you live in brazil you are now going to be a fan of the tennessee titans or whoever it was uh they're trying to play in in some of these locations that they haven't played before but if again, like to me, it just it just made me laugh at the the hubris, I guess, of the NFL that says, "All right, we're going to tell these other countries which teams you're going to root for," and I, you know, it, it's I I don't quite understand. I don't understand how tying teams, specific teams to specific countries, benefits the NFL. I think if they just promoted the league in these places. I understand they want to have teams host games and maybe try and build some loyalty, but it's going to take a long time. So all 32 teams will play at least one international game in the next eight seasons. So we're talking about eight seasons to wait to see one of these teams. And then you're going to have to wait another eight years to see them again. I don't think that's necessarily going to build you team loyalty in Brazil by having Tennessee or whoever it is play there once every eight years. I think if you, if you want to expand to these countries, you play those games, but you bring in whatever teams fit the schedule. And then you allow, you open it up to fans in Brazil to be fans of 32 teams. And I, I don't, I don't know what the, the back room did. The franchises have an international draft. Did the NFL say, okay, we're going to have eight teams go to can get Canadian rights and six teams get, UK rights, and then the teams went through and drafted their spots, or did the league just assign these? It's all very sort of dark, you know, done in a in a dark room, and so it's hard to tell what exactly the motivation was. Do you think, though? I mean, from a marketing standpoint, I almost wonder if 
I am someone who lives in Brazil and I'm craving American football. If I'm given 32 teams to choose from, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot to, to pick from. There's a lot to digest there. I, so I'm like, if I'm just craving American football, I'll take whatever you can give me. If you throw one right, team right. in my face, that's the team. I and, and, and so I, from a marketing standpoint, I actually think that is pretty smart because it, it force feeds one team to grow. The, I mean, just like any, I, I grew up in the tri-state area. I'm a New York Giant fan. Um, but you don't have to be. I, mean, I don't Dave, have to Dave, be. Well, well, Dave, and, Dave and, grew up in Boston and is a Packers fan. And uh, But who says, uh, I'm just going to keep using Brazil, who says they have to be, they can be another team, but the team that's most in their face is probably who they're going to be a fan. I think the Dave's... Well, I think what's going to happen, though, is the um, the you won't be able to buy a... It'll be much easier to buy. Hold on, I'm bringing up the map right now so I can yeah. actually be accurate. You will have no trouble buying a. So Miami is the one that gets Brazil. So you will have no trouble buying a Miami Dolphins jersey in Brazil. There's no way you'll be able to find a Rams jersey or a Giants jersey or a Patriots jersey. And this is where I'm, this is where you know it's sort of puzzling. So if you could pick, what country would you think would be the biggest target market for the NFL? We've talked about uh, it a lot. China, the NBA, right? Yeah, China. How many teams do you think got are got marketing rights for China? Six. One. Whoa. The Los Angeles Rams. Wow. And actually, I thought Canada got more. Canada got two: the Vikings and the Seahawks, which makes geographical well, but, sense, I, I mean, suppose. See, I mean, but you easily could have given Canada six. Yeah. Although, although uh, we do want to sort of talk about this too. Uh, the Grey Cup was last week. I don't know if you watch any CFL, but I love the CFL. Yeah. And Canada has their own football league. Mexico ha- got nine. The uh, UK got six. Germany four. Germany four. I understand. F- you know, they, there was that was the headquarters of the NFL Europe. Mm-hmm. All right, here comes here comes Daryl. I'm sure he's going to come in like the Kool Aid Man. So, warning to <laughs> listeners: we're letting Daryl in on the call right now. But yeah, so I think I think it's silly for them to sort of. I think it's arbitrary or maybe corrupt how they assign this stuff. I'm not sure which, but it's all suspicious. And looking at the map just makes it more so. I I think, I mean, here up in Mass, I have trouble finding where I can buy Yankee jerseys. That's baseball, I know. But even so, I guess like if I want to buy anything New York here in Mass, I either do it on Amazon. Or I I have to go to like the sports collectors, you know, the sports zone store at the mall and get it. If I go to, I'm you know a Foot Locker or Target. If I go to Target, it's all I can't get anything UConn. It's all UMass, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins. So I kind of think. Right, so you already feel like an interloper trying to buy a Yukon sweatshirt in Springfield. Imagine now if you're trying to buy a, a Patriots jersey in China and all you can find are Rams stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, but you have Amazon. You 
Again, it's not about what you can do with all these workarounds. It's about what's being presented to you. And I just, again, I, I don't know what the motivation for it is for, and, and starting there and then looking at what the actual assignments were, the Rams got China and Australia, got China and Australia to themselves, two of the most populous, can't hear you, Daryl, two of the most populous, sophisticated countries in the world. They both got the, the Rams got both of them to themselves. I mean, it's, I don't, I, I'm with you. I don't know how they figured it out. Um, I don't know how they came about all that. I just wonder, I mean, I think if you, if you were looking to give full access of the entire league to the entire globe, would that generate the team loyalty that just giving them one option would? Well, interesting, because we've talked about this too, where and especially I think we're I think team loyalty is only important to us because we live here. And you your team loyalty is important to you because you grew up and you had sort of an option where you grew up, but mm-hmm. for you know, for us it was Giants or Jets, we had that option. But you know, and you can go outside that, but I think for here this is and that's what I think makes makes this seem so silly. Is there and if you look at, you know, especially with China and the Rams they're the only California team that got, you know, why not the Raiders and San Francisco? Mm. Why aren't there five other West coast teams, Seattle? Why aren't they also in China? And that's what makes it sort of. Yeah. Well, Ooh. And you know, I just had this thought too. Now, does this take away the integrity of, you know, there's always the conspiracies of the NFL is fixed and, and this, they want these markets to be big. They want these markets to win. They want this in the in the playoffs. You know, now this adds a little speculation. I mean, that is fair. Why not the 49ers? Why just the LA Rams? I mean, China? that's that's obviously that's the the most glaringly suspicious one that jumps out because they got essentially two giant. Yeah. You know, they got a continent to themselves, and then the most populous country in the world on top of that where everyone else other than Miami with Brazil is sharing the territory. And even like Spain got the bears and the dolphins. Chicago's not Chicago. you know, there's no, no geographic reason for that, for that one either. So again, it's just uh it's just more reason to look at the uh, NFL and, and wrinkle our noses, which my nose is getting awfully wrinkled these days. Well, Urban Meyer was fired this week, folks. Week, uh, what are we in? Week 14? Isn't that what we actually said? Uh, like weeks ago, we were like, oh, yeah, the bye week. He'll be fired by then. Well, no, I think that I, I at least I know I said long before this because I was supposed to go up to Seattle and apologize to him in person if he was still coaching like week eight. I think yeah. a, the bye week was like week six or week eight or something like that. But, yeah, he so, hung on He hung on a lot, lot longer and a lot more disgracefully than we thought. And we, I mean, we've been talking about him since the hiring that, yeah. you know, between the, the strength coach situation and the, um, and the Tim Speaking Tebow of, situation. I, so we're recording this at nine fifty five Saturday morning. I just got a, a little uh, ESPN thing. So the Jaguars fired urban Meyer for cause, and they don't intend to pay the remaining four years of Contract. Wow! So now that's this is going to get uglier, and, and we're probably going to hear a lot more 
Whoa. of Urban about Urban Meyer because the Jags are going to want to leak all this nasty stuff to to show their cause. But so basically, I think it, it's interesting, right? The the tip of the iceberg, the cherry on top, was the story that Urban Meyer kicked his kicker. <laughs> yeah, during the preseason. They said it was a five out of ten on the on the uh, intensity, which is kind of a hard kick. Well, if it's a zero out of ten, you don't kick your players. But like I said in our text thread, raise your hand if you've never been kicked or punched by a coach, and none of us raised our hands. So that that was kind of like the tip of the iceberg for the public. How could you keep he kicks his players? But now the story comes out <clears throat> that Jacksonville actually knew about this preseason because Josh Lambeau, the kicker, told his agent, the agent told the, the team. And so they were aware of this all season long. So this was like the crumbling foundation of our tip of the iceberg. So I find that interesting, but. <laughs> nice analogy. That's good. Right. That was good. Right. Um, don't you think that this speaks to college coaches in general? And Joe, I'm curious to hear your opinion on this because you out of the three of us are the, the resident expert and and you're the journalist you cover UMass Urban Meyer has always left a trail of stink mm -hmm. where yes. he was but he got out oh, wait, wait I can say one thing that's semi good for Urban Meyer and this is his stint at Florida he won a national championship yeah but look what he did to do it look what he had to do fucking Aaron Hernandez. Look at the pieces of shit he recruited to make that team a success. You can't look at that and say because he won, that makes him a, a, not a piece of shit. Again, Daryl Daryl bleeding his bleeding his alma mater's colors. Yeah. I, I lived in Gainesville. Uh, my two sons were born there. And uh, so I just had this attachment to Florida. So when they won the national championship, I that so I'm just trying to defend the one good thing that I can say about Urban Meyer. Now, I'm in total agreement with you guys. This guy is is horrible. Well, what does that say too? When the one good thing you can say about him is that he 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 managed to be corrupt enough to be the best. Yeah. Look at what he did in Florida. I mean, it's not just Aaron Hernandez. There were like something like thirty something. Um, I, yeah, I don't want to use the wrong term. Yeah. There was like 30-something uh, – in his tenure in Florida, there were 30 players who got in trouble with the law. I think when you are bigger than God as a head coach of the University of Florida, you're not asked the tough questions that you should be asked. You're not right, held right. accountable the way you should be asked. Right. Same thing in Ohio State. He got out of Ohio State when all this assistant coach and domestic violence stuff started to bubble, Right. Nobody's going to question Urban Meyer when he's winning national championships and beating Michigan year after year. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the anti-John Harbaugh, right? Here's this guy who's graduating all of his players. I haven't heard, but, but here you go, like the skeptical. I haven't heard anything negative about him, but he's not, <laughs> right? But he's not beating Ohio State. I love that's where we are now, right? Like, well, we haven't heard anything horrible about this guy, so maybe fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, right? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but here I am, and, and I was on this band, and, and I don't think I'm the only one. It's like, well, if you can't beat Ohio State, you shouldn't be the coach anymore. That's what the boosters want. Here's Urban Meyer. Hey, I'm beating. I'm, I'm winning the SEC. I'm beating Michigan. I don't care if I have criminals. You're winning. 
right? And now you get to the NFL and from day one, you're checked. You actually have your beat writers for your organization are trying to get dirt on you. And so I remember when the Me Too movement started and I'm not comparing domestic abuse or any sort of, um, I'm not saying that it, when the Me Too movement was coming about and, and all these prominent males in power were getting outed and, and losing their jobs, I remember, and I think we were in the teacher's room, Daryl, I remember saying this to you and a couple other um, colleagues, I there's not one male in a power position that I would be surprised to hear their name mentioned. And then like a week later, it was Matt Lauer. I At this point, I wouldn't be surprised to hear any college coach's name be outed as to we covered a lot of stuff up about him. If that, right. I just, because I, I mean, I can, this, uh, you really didn't hear that much bad about urban Meyer. They kept things under wraps. Uh, I wanted to sort of respectfully disagree on the, um, Media coverage role, I think there are, and this is where college newspapers are do a great job is, and is local and local newspapers, right? And is trying to keep an eye on this stuff. So I think the 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 power of the of the entities that are covering up is great and it's effective, but I think you, you, it's not from lack of outside attempts to shed light on this stuff. I think they're in a position to keep this stuff covered up for longer. And I also, I, you know, I can tell you that there are definitely coaches that do things the right way. There are, and there yeah, are successful yeah. coaches. There are plenty of very successful coaches who do things the right way. I think we, we can point to Harbaugh as one of them. I think Mario Cristobal has a pretty good, mm-hmm. earned a pretty good reputation at Oregon. And now he's going back home to Miami. So we'll see what happens there. I know there are a few, Charlie Strong, who I covered for a year at Texas. Uh, yeah, Texas. And again, it's funny because he's been mentioned as a replacement for Urban Meyer, at least a temporary one. And he's had a pretty successful career as a coordinator in the NFL. I love Charlie Strong. He And if you talk to any of the 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 young men that played for him, they would run through a dozen walls for the guy. So uh, by the way, though, who, had, who had the number one recruiting class this year? Texas, Texas. did. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see what they do with it. They can't keep a coach for more than three years. They never should have let Charlie strong go, but he, he would have ruined him. And, and that could be a show in and of itself. Well, this, yeah. I, we yeah. could, and I could tell you exactly why, and you could take one look at him and I'll tell you why. And it wasn't mm-hmm. even, it wasn't even a secret around there. You, I, I heard people say out loud to me because I'm white, we need to get this N-word out of here. And that was from the minute it just, it was almost exactly like, Barack Obama, and I have to look at the timing because it was almost the same, you know, like as soon as Barack Obama arrived in the presidency, every racist, you know, was calling him every name they could and trying to get him out of there. It was the same thing in Texas with Charlie Strong, which is, again, it's a damn shame because he was he was a good coach. He is a good coach. He was the best coach they've had. And he was put in a no-win situation replacing Mac Brown, too. I mean, that's yeah. it didn't matter who came in in that spot. I think that might be part of the reason that the the administration was willing to put a black coach in in place but what shocked me when when he was hired was that 
he was the second black head coach in the history of University of Texas athletics. They had a coach, a men's tennis coach for one year in the 60s, and that was it. And this was 2015 they hired him, 2014. That tells you all you need to know about about that. Well, I mean, you know, when people argue with you when you say that there is institutional racism in this country and say, oh, no, that's not true. You know, it's just like it's totally true. It's totally true. And those same boosters will tell you that he got fired because of his record, but the same record as um, any of these other coaches that have hung on. He's he's not. And again, you know, boosters are the poison of college sports, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. to to base any decision on the the whim of the boosters and the inclination of the boosters is about the dumbest thing you can do but well you know i wonder if the um, nil rights will change the power of the boosters or increase it um well i think it, i think if anything it'll take some away because right the, the yeah. players will be you know who again aren't beholden to the boosters the boosters control the coaches and the administrations but i think the the money that the players earn will give them greater great give them greater power will give them the ability yeah. to push back on certain things and that they have no power right now so they this gives them some i suppose i just want to one one thing i want to remark about the urban meyer situation trevor lawrence since this happened has said come out very publicly and said we had to get rid of this guy this was a bad situation you never hear that. You don't hear that from Tom fucking Brady. You no. certainly don't hear it from a, you know somebody as young as he and untested. Tom Brady's dad. What's that? <laughs> Maybe Tom Brady's dad. Oh, he's, he's a little more less guarded than Brady. Yeah. You know what I thought was interesting that Trevor Lawrence said, and I actually I give this kid a lot of credit. He's not a kid anymore. Um, but he basically said, "I came from a professional." program in Clemson and came to this shit show in Jacksonville. <laughs> and um, he's looking forward to getting back to playing more professional. I think that's interesting. Um, I hope his career, like, again, we, we talked about this before, how a lot of quarterbacks, yeah. especially their careers are ruined as opposed to helped by yeah. the organization that they're with. Especially I hope it's it, the Jets. Yeah. I hope kick, I hope kick, kick me when I'm down, Daryl. Thanks. I, I, hope, I mean, I'm always down, so you may as well. Yeah. I, I hope this kid's career can get a little reboot because uh, he, he never had a chance under Urban Meyer. And, you know, he's still got two games this year. You know, maybe think maybe we'll see a little, you know, improvement. A little spark. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm, yeah. I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan after, after yeah. the comments he made this yeah. week. Yeah. So. No, he's yeah. got a good head on his shoulders. He's got the talent. It's he just was a great. Of, great at Clemson. He was yeah. great. So, uh, are we good? Are we good with Urban Meyer? Can we, yeah. can okay. we go, can we go move on to Kyrie Irving? I think, <laughs> wait a minute. I was about to say, we can't, we just disinfect our hands first, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and this, this then, is Kyrie. Oh my God. Why, why, why are they going to let him play? Road they game? need to have their team is it. out with COVID. But it's you purely a part-time player. Yes, you can. They need one. If they they they've got 
they've got such a thin bench right now. And if you can bring on, instead of signing some scrub to a 10 day contract, you can bring in Kyrie Irving, let him play when you need him to play. And I think a lot of this too, is just being done in preparation for the playoffs, because you know, even if he sat out the whole season, they were going to use him in the playoffs if they needed him. Well, but wait a minute. What if they play? Well, no, they can't use him in their home games in the playoffs. Right. But they can use him on the road unless they're playing the Knicks or Toronto. Or Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, which are both teams they could well be playing. Both likely playoff teams, yeah. Yeah, I think you can't have a guy. It's who's. It's like having. It's like the player. It's like the problem with players that are constantly injured, you know, and different injuries and injuries and all that stuff. It just makes it really hard. You know, consistency is really important. Yeah, I I think I think these are professionals, and I think they can find a way to integrate Kyrie Irving for. 12 to 16 minutes a game for, you know, 27 games between now and the end of the season. Do you guys find it ironic that they are looking for an unvaccinated player to come to the rescue because of all of their, what do they have? Seven, seven players out. Something like that. Yeah. They're all vaccinated. You're playing in a city where you have to be vaccinated and yet they're calling for the unvaccinated player for the rescue. Well, let's let's take a moment, by the way, and give credit, I guess, to this interruption, this COVID interruption of athletics, because that's what birthed this version of the show in the first place was a year and a half ago when you guys said, hey, all of a sudden everything's canceled. We got nothing to talk about. Now we have no problem talking about too many things. But, <laughs> uh, well, you know, but the thing is, this new variant, like I'm when I hang up with this show, I'm going to cancel my flight to California just because I'm old wow. with pre-existing conditions. And, and my kids are totally in agreement that I should, because, you know, yes, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, but I don't really want to get COVID. Um, yeah. Know. I'm sorry. Your, uh, your plans got canceled, but I think you're doing the right thing. I, you know, yeah. like I said, since I got back from the East coast this summer, I really barely left the house and I, you know, it's not going to affect my plans for the spring, but if I had any travel plans for the winter, I'd be doing the same thing, Daryl. I'd be, yeah. Yeah. Be canceling all that. Yeah. But at some point, you know, it's funny. And Matt, you've always been the one sort of pushing things in this direction, but I mean, at some point we do have to get on with our lives and the, the fact that we're, back to where we were essentially a year ago without the benefit of any of the supplemental programs or safety nets or any of the things that were helping people, I think is going to make next year. The last couple of years, right? The year ends and we look back and say, oof, never want to go through that again. And then the next year is worse. And then the next year, it's certainly, certainly been happening since 2006 since 2016, right? Every year is, so I'm, I'm, I'm with everyone who's saying I'm keeping my goddamn mouth shut about 2022. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel like we just, I, I still feel the same way where I don't, and nobody wants to get sick, but I, I just feel if you're vaccinated and I, I just don't know, like, I think it was a lie uh, maybe not a lie, but a stretch of the imagination to say like, Hey, if, if we get to this vaccination point, it's all going to poof, go away. Um, no, I, no, because, I well, well, but wait though, like 
to but we never point. got there. We, we, we never got we, there. We, we got but is just that a realistic short. expectation? That's my thing. Like, Yes, that's, that's how that's how it means. That's how it hurt That's how vaccination works. When you get to yeah. that seventy five percent threshold, that but and if we had this- done it, if we had done it before the thing had started mutating into twenty seven different variants, it would have been maybe we, we again. Uh, no one knows for sure, but Probably. we certainly would be a hell of a lot better off than we are right Where now. Where did this variant come from? Exactly. The variant came from South Africa, right? Now it's here. We live in a world we where we, no, no. we yeah, live in a world, that. the expectation that we're going to get 70 per, 70, this is worldwide. This is not a United States problem. The expectation that we're going to get 75% of the entire world vaccinated, come on. So I just think that was a little bit of a stretch to think like, oh yeah, we can beat it. Because you, we could have had 100% vaccination in our country. The uh, um, Omarikan variant, o- o- whatever you say it. Yeah. Came from another country, but and it's here, here. Here's the thing, Matt. If we had, if we had got, if everyone, had, or if even eighty percent of Americans had gotten vaccinated in those first three months, we would have been then be able to turn our attention to these other parts of the world that were that are underserved, that don't have the money to, to do this themselves, and then we wouldn't have these problems. And 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 again, I think the to say at this point that Omicron came from South Africa. I think that's it's. I don't think you can say that definitively yet. No, you yet. can't because South Africa is doing a great job at detecting and sequencing things. So they were the ones that found it. Um, and with international travel, without yeah. international travel being locked down, you can't really, you know, somebody gets on a plane, you don't know where it originated from. No, okay, but I mean, fine. We don't know what what country, of course, right. we don't know what household it came from. But my point is that, like, I just have always felt like, a virus is gonna. A virus wants to survive. The very, very minuscule amount I know about viruses and epidemiology, which is again, like nothing. So, I'm not not playing. The virus. Wants- I love. I love. I love this, Matt. Do you? Do you? Daryl will remember this. Do you remember the Phil Hartman? Phil Hartman, Saturday Night Live character, the unfrozen caveman lawyer. You are our unfrozen caveman lawyer. So the the bit was he's unfrozen from ice, and then he became a lawyer. So he's got like the brow and the hair, and he's a, every 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 skit is he's in court and he's saying, "I'm no medical expert. I'm just an unfrozen. I'm just a caveman who is unfrozen." So you always do such a good job of prefacing your 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 you know I won't call them rants. I do rants. You do. I don't know expressions, but with this, with the, and I just, I just real, I like it was clicking in my mind. I'm like, that's what Matt's our unfrozen caveman lawyer. I, I will gladly take that on. I just, I don't want, I I don't want to pretend to be something I'm not. I'm wrong more than I'm right. Like I, I, it just, this, it just, in my feeling, I don't even know what I was gonna say. It's just, oh, the virus wants to survive. They want it. it, It's gonna find a way to live. And so whether, I, I just think if, if. It was a realist, unrealistic expectation to be like, oh, yep, we'll kick this in a year. Okay, wait a minute. Can I can I just respond to that? So the thing is, it was not, you know, it was not if if our country had got 80% vaccinated, there wouldn't be the the way the viruses work is the more of them that are around, the more troublemakers they find. So when yeah. you are 80% vaccinated, like look at the flu. You know, the flu doesn't killed 800,000 people, you know, and this is a, frankly, a type of flu. 
It's just that we didn't do what we needed to do to tamp it down. Instead, we said, hey, go out in the playground, play with your friends, you know, be gotta live life. multiply. But well, you got to live life, but we got to protect life, too. Fair so enough. Yeah. The only thing I'll say, though, is it's hard now that we do have a barrier. And, and if you are vaccinated from COVID, you're, you might be sick or you might be asymptomatic. You're not dying from it. So the death rate of COVID, it's hard to say that first year of COVID and compare it to the flu because we do have a vaccine and we are protected from the flu. The flu still does kill I, and and, I, I, and, and, I, and I, again, I get the comparison because now with the flu, we've got this long-term affliction that keeps developing. And But if we had had, who knows, if we had been this aggressive about flu vaccines, maybe the flu would be a much smaller problem than it is. Anyway, uh, I've got to go. I've, I've got to go do the Circle City News. I've got 15 minutes, so um, I'm going to pick up my other show. Daryl, thanks for making it on. Deion Sanders. Good job on the recruiting trail, Jackson State. Watch out for the HBCUs. They, he's changing I know, things. It's wonderful, it really. Yeah, this we can talk about this next week. This will be an interesting movement to see if he can, they can continue to bring in some of these recruits. And again, the NIL money is what makes this possible, right? Because these players feel don't feel the need to go to UCLA or Notre Dame to set themselves up for a pro career if they can earn money throughout their college. Coach years. Prime, baby, Coach Prime. Apologies to radio listeners for the lack of broadcast show this week, but like us since you're podcast people, rate us. We'll, uh, we'll get through our technical difficulties. We'll have an episode for you next week. We're not sure if it's going to be us or a very special interview with a very special uh, guest. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good Talk one, next week. everybody. Merry Christmas out there. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. How about that? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.